0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown. Coming to you on this beautiful Monday evening with Mr. Ray Lucas Jr. Ray, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great, and how could you not be after a performance like that?
0: I could not say that better myself, even if I wanted to. Um, Jeremy Brenner is off this evening, so you have Ray and myself for the entirety of this post game. Recap show, and what a beautiful recap show it is going to be. Your Houston Rockets, America's Houston Rockets, destroyed the, the Thunder tonight. Is that a, an appropriate statement, Mr. Mr. Lucas?
1: I'd say that about describes it. Uh, man, it was brutal. From the first quarter on, you could kind of tell that it was going to be bad, but sheesh, that was a beating. <laughs> this is the dream take presented by
0: SB Nations, the dream shake. And let's get straight into the recap show. In the first quarter, the Rockets doubled up the Thunder 48 to 24. Ray, what are your thoughts on the first quarter performance? I imagine you don't have too much negativity about that first quarter performance. I think it's hard to have any negativity when your team scores 48 points and doubles – double up – doubles – what am I trying to say? Doubles up the opponent? I think that's phrased correctly. It's fair. I think you got it there. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, what did you see there in the first quarter outside of the 11 for 14 from the three-point line from the Rockets?
1: The ball movement really stuck out to me. It just – everyone is so involved. Offensively and also on the defensive end, and you can see it when they score 48 points in a quarter. But don't give up anything close to that because it'd be a little different if they scored 48, and then maybe OKC also had a high score in the first quarter. But it's really just a clinic by the Rockets, and you could tell they're playing inspired basketball. And it just shows that winning is really infectious and what it could do for a team and for a locker room.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the most important. What I don't want to say the most important, but one thing that really sticks out about the box score tonight as a whole to me is all five of your starters, you know, John Wall plus nine, Victor Oladipo plus 21, Christian Wood plus 16, Jay Sean Tate a ridiculous plus 25, and PJ Tucker was a plus 29. This team is starting to gel, man. And one, one thing that I absolutely love about the local sports media here in town is you can see, I'm not going to name any accounts specifically, but there's a lot of guys out there that are saying, wow, this Rockets team is a lot of fun to watch. And they're about two weeks late to the party, I feel
1: like. Yeah, definitely. You can see it molding slowly over time. It's just a team putting things together. But very early on, you could see the effort on defense. You could see Jason Tate kind of coming into his own and – Obviously, he hasn't fully yet because he's so young. But just little by little, you could see these players um, evolving. You could see John Wall kind of getting his footing back. And now it's all coming together, and they're red hot. Steven
0: Silas was quoted after the last game as saying that it's beautiful to watch, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, the way that his roster is buying into what he wants to teach. And he has a lot of selfless – players on his roster now and I think it's easy to agree with that statement but do you what do you see in the players you know reactions to the way he's coaching because I think he's a lot different than Mike D'Antoni I think he's a little bit more hands-on during the game but what do you think is the main difference between the coaching philosophy of coach Silas versus coach D'Antoni most notably with the now the absence of James Harden between the two coaching styles
1: I think the obvious answer is movement so I'm going to go with it Um, it's just you don't see a lot of stagnant plays when you watch the Rockets especially tonight you see all kind of back screens you see just a lot of pick and rolls you see guys attacking the mid-range area Um, Christian Wood he likes that pump fake and then drive which is why so many people have compared them to Anthony Davis because they kind of both do similar things it's just everyone seems to be a lot more involved rather than letting your best player go out there and get 40 and I mean it was working for them but now you kind of see the difference and everyone's body language looks they all look a lot happier now that everyone's more involved
0: are you on the same team as I am of you're here for all of the postgame shade that the roster is throwing at James Harden?
1: Yeah, and it's it's weird to me how people don't <laughs> like that. John Wall keeps <laughs> saying um, what he's saying when he's asked the same questions over and over again. Like Everyone asks, well, what's different now? And he's like, well, we have guys who want to be here. And, I mean, it's the honest truth when – Um, a guy says that the team isn't good enough to compete, you're obviously going to take that personal. So, I don't understand why people have such an issue. I understand that the city loves James Harden, but at the end of the day, he upset a couple people in the locker room, and you could see it with their play. They look like they're playing inspired, and I'm excited for when that matchup comes with Houston and Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, that's we'll get to that in a few, but we've got some really good questions here. Um, you know, tweet us at the Dream Take for all things Rockets all the time. Um, one question that I want to get to and get your opinion on real quick is from B B A S Q U I A T underscore thirteen. I'm not going to try and pronounce that because I don't want to butcher it. Um, he asks the wow factor being you know Wood Oladipo and Wall. It's the best big three in Rockets uniform since the 90s of Olajuwon Drexler and Kenny. Do you agree with that statement?
1: Initial reaction is going to be, well, you're going to look at the James Harden days and you are going to be like, well, what about so-and-so? The only one I could maybe argue is Harden, CP3, and Capella, but Capella wasn't himself that um, following year when they tried to make a run. I think it's fair. I think maybe more so these players gel together a lot more than any big three that Houston's seen in a long time because John Wall is a facilitator but can also score. the is a scorer. Then Christian Wood is just a young guy who's really coming into his own and has the sky as the limit of his potential. So I think they gel together really great. I don't know if I'd say talent-wise, but In terms of fit, I can't argue with it.
0: Yeah, it's Christian Wood, you know, makes a couple of plays a game that just make me go, wow. I mean, out loud, wow, of how did he just do that? Um, One thing that I want to get, you know, your opinion on is Jeremy and I touched on it a little bit last show. In your opinion, do you feel like Christian Wood is – the center of the future of this team, or do you envision him more as a power forward?
1: Um, I think if he get with if he gets a little bigger um, and develops more of a frame, I could see him at center, especially with the way the NBA is trending towards small ball. And I mean, they've got a little bigger the last couple of years. Like, I don't know, the NBA is kind of transitioning back and forth between small ball and big men, but. I think as the NBA continues, it's going to be more small ball, and he's going to be the perfect center that a team could want who can really space the floor. He could put more of an athletic player at power forward. Um, I, I could see him at center. For now, though, definitely power forward until he puts on a little more weight and gets a bigger frame, but there's plenty of time for that. Yeah,
0: you Once again, listeners, you have Raymond Lucas and myself, Michael Brown, discussing Tonight's one thirty-six to one Oh six victory at the Oklahoma city thunder. The rockets moved to 10 and nine. The thunder dropped to eight and 11. Uh, The thunder are one in seven at home this year. That's an interesting stat. Uh, I feel like the thunder are one of the teams in the league that really is affected by the lack of fans in the building. Uh, You know, I think they have one of the better home court advantages in the league. So The one in seven uh, record for them is surprising, but not really. Uh, One of my favorite questions that we've gotten here comes from uh, at underscore Rye underscore. Are we going to lose another game? Question mark 63 and nine. Uh, Do you envision the Rockets losing another game this season or do you feel like this winning streak will just carry through to the end of the regular season?
1: I don't know. I think we might be watching the greatest team to ever play. (laughs) I mean, hey, if they, shoot, if they hit 23 or 28 threes a night, then how do you beat them? It, uh, does, it
0: does bear mentioning that the Rockets tied their franchise record tonight by hitting 28 three-pointers, which is just ridiculous. They shot 28 of 52 for 53.8% from the three-point line. One shy made three of tying the NBA record. Um, did anybody's performance tonight – really stand out to you i feel like there was a lot of good performances but was there anyone in particular that you looked at and say wow that guy had a really good game for the rockets tonight
1: i loved how well daniel house played i really enjoyed watching especially that step back three-pointer that he had that was really nice and it got the bench going but just someone who obviously made some mistakes in the bubble um, that has to be good for your confidence moving forward to have that performance and have kind of Rockets' Twitter cheering you on rather than saying, why is he still on the team? That was a big one for him.
0: What do you, what do you envision? The, I, I think anybody who watches this team on a night-in and night-out basis realizes that they've got a logjam on this roster. You know, I, you know, tonight, you know, David Nawaba didn't play, and Nwaba is turning into a real contributor on this roster. Do you feel like the Rockets, you know, heading into the trade deadline? A question that's come in uh, from at Ryan underscore Dockery thirty four. What moves, if any, do you envision for the trade deadline? Do you feel like the Rockets? I guess this is a, you know, a couple part question. Number one, do you feel like they're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? That's approximately six weeks away. Uh, And if you think one way or the other, you know, do you feel like there's a guy or two off this roster that inevitably will be moved at the trade deadline
1: i think they'd be sellers rather than buyers just because it's going to be a big summer in free agency for a team that has some max slots open and they have to make a decision with Ola Depot. so i don't know if they'll be looking to bring in a bunch of money especially when we haven't really heard big names that are on the trade block or in the trade market i think if there was a player that was gonna be moved, it's gonna be PJ Tucker. I think he'll be shipped off to a contender eventually. And I think that move would be best for both sides because then that gives Noaba minutes and it also lets PJ Tucker go and pursue an opportunity to win a championship sooner rather than later since he's getting up there in age. You know, one
0: thing, one thing that I want to ask you, you know, bringing up P.J. Tucker is unsolicited The past uh, in the past 72 hours, both John Wall and Victor Oladipo have been quoted as praising, you know, P.J. Tucker and, you know, what he does doesn't necessarily show up in the box score every night. Even with those things being said, you still feel like P.J. Tucker is going to be on his way out at the deadline instead of the Rockets going ahead and making the move of signing him to, let's call it a two-year 17 or 18 million dollar extension and letting him retire as a rocket
1: Uh, that's a good question actually now that I think about it because as I just mentioned he's getting up there in age Um, I think it it sounded like before the season that he was going to be out of on his way out but like he's such a positive presence it sounds like in the locker room that I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him around I think it will come down to Them talking and seeing what he's looking for financially wise, and then making the decision on if they want to keep him on board or if they want to ship him out for um, draft picks, first second round picks, whatever they get for him. I think it ultimately comes down to what he wants as an extension, rather than them like just wanting to get rid of him. Sure. Uh, What do you think about
0: uh, Victor Oladipo's performance as a Rocket thus far and? You know, he's appeared in less than 10 games, and if I'm not mistaken, since becoming a Rocket, uh, they've only lost two games, and I don't believe uh, he played in one of those two games. Tonight he was 6 of 16, 15 points. He was a plus 21 in 25 minutes, seven assists, three rebounds. It feels like the, the combination of him and John Wall is one, with John Wall being under contract for two more years. I think the conversation about Victor Oladipo becoming a Rocket after this year that's going to pick up some steam here in the next couple weeks. What are your thoughts?
1: I, from what we've seen so far, I'd keep him because he hasn't routed out his best performances, but at the end of the day, he looks like someone who's very hungry and very determined to prove that he's not done despite injury. Just, he has kind of the same look in his eyes as John Wall, and I think they both feed off of that. The temple that he plays with is just ridiculous. He's so quick off the dribble. If I'm Houston, i definitely keep him around for the right price, of course. He's just, I feel like his ceiling, obviously due to injury, is not as high as it could be. But when it comes to just having a starter who you know is going to consistently give you good minutes over time, it's hard to find that, especially with his talent level. So I definitely want to keep him around. But of course, it comes down to the right price. Do you feel like the Rockets need
0: another big on this roster if they're going to make any sort of noise in the
1: playoffs for this season? Yeah, I think that conversation hasn't changed because with such a long season, you never know what happens with health. And someone could be satisfied with DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood out there, but what happens if a player gets injured? What happens if um, a player gets worn out throughout the playoffs? Because those are such demanding minutes, especially as a big man. So bringing in another big if you're making a playoff run is essential in my eyes. Do you have a, you know, a
0: specific target in mind that the Rockets should be looking at uh, in that realm? One name that I've thrown around uh, before is Dwayne Dedman. Uh, seven footer formerly of the Atlanta Hawks. who, to my knowledge, hasn't signed anywhere. Uh, Not sure, you know, the specific reasoning there, but a seven footer uh, that's had some pretty decent minutes in the NBA in recent years. i you know, that would be a name that I could watch and I think the ceiling for this type of move would be an Andre Drummond. Not sure if it's attainable, but with the Cleveland Cavaliers acquiring Jared Allen and the James Harden deal, uh, it appears and they also have JaVale McGee that they're looking to move on from at least one of those, not being Jared Allen. So either McGee or Drummond, but do you have a specific target in mind? If not one of those names, you know, somebody else that the Rockets should be targeting on or before the trade deadline.
1: Uh, I think the names you listed are great. I remember last time I was on, uh, we talked a little bit about Dwayne Deadman and I think he was spot on with that. It'd be great. He's a veteran. Um, he could come in and, at the very least, be relief to the big men. Uh, there's also Javelle McGee, as you mentioned. I think he obviously has championship DNA after winning with the Warriors and then winning with the Lakers. And the Rockets probably aren't looking for someone with championship DNA right now, but he's someone who impacts uh, the game immediately when he comes in with the energy that he brings, the rim protecting, the lob threat. That'd be a great move. I think I'd look into JaVel McGee. They have some picks that some say, I think at the very most Cleveland would get some second round picks for him, which Houston can afford after their trades that they've made. I, I'd like him. Yeah, for sure. I think one other guy that I
0: want to get your opinion on the way he played tonight. I think Jay Sean Tate played with great energy tonight. I think he brought it on both ends of the court. He was efficient. He was five of six. He had seven rebounds. He had four assists, uh, and he had a block. You know, I think as a first-year player in the league, I think he's running – he ran into a semi-brick wall the past couple of games. I think he's played well, but not to the level that we came to expect from him. I think he busted out of that tonight. I think I thought he played a great game tonight.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed watching him play. I especially enjoyed his uh, defense on Shea Gil, just Alexander that's a tough cover as we've seen him develop over the last couple seasons and for jay sean tate to go out there and at least slow shay down shay still had um, a big game i think he had what was it uh 19 yeah he had 19 on 8 of 15 shooting but sometimes you don't see things in the box score and you see the stops that he had on him you see the energy that he has uh running up and down the court he just he seems like he's always on one speed and that's fast at all times and I really enjoy watching that he could be a big piece of the Rockets future when it comes to having that lockdown defender kind of like the Thunder used Dort against Harden last year in the playoffs
0: it was really nice to watch the Rockets play the Thunder and not have Lou Dort just be a
1: thorn in our side wasn't it yeah, that was ridiculous. That defensive effort was just crazy. Like I was watching the games, like, what more can Harden do? <laughs> like he's busting out all of his best moves and Dort's just sitting on them all, waiting for it.
0: Yeah, I he played a he played a, a really I mean he was heroic, I, I think is is a good way to put it for the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I haven't been on a show in a while, you know, since the Harden deal. Do you feel like as a fan you almost enjoy watching Rockets basketball more now that Harden is gone you know now that the championship or bust mentality has gone away from this roster and the coaching staff
1: yeah definitely this is what it looks like when a team is able to play freely and not worry about what the Lakers and the Clippers are doing and what the top teams in the East are doing like they're just focused on doing their best to make the playoffs, but at the end of the day, they look like a team that's just really enjoying the game of basketball. And I think those championship expectations can kind of hamper that a little bit. They just, they look like they're enjoying the game right now.
0: Yeah. And and DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, five of 14 tonight, he was five of nine from the three point line. I don't know about anybody else in, in red nation, but when he has a great game and when he's having fun on the court, it just makes me happy. It's hard, it's hard to explain my happiness with DeMarcus Cousins, but I feel like he's the guy on this team. You know, he's your, I think he's your bruiser, it goes without saying, but I feel like his demeanor on the court, when he's having fun and he's playing the game at a high level, it elevates the rest of the roster.
1: Did you notice how excited he was to shoot threes at the end of the game? Like he was pulling them from deep once he kind of got hot. It's just that's someone who's really enjoying themselves. And I'm so happy that this is working out for him so far in Houston because he's, he's been unlucky with his injuries. And it sucks watching such an elite talent have things taken away from them due to injury. But he's really looking like he's enjoying being back out there. And he's looking good while doing it. Yeah, I mean, tonight
0: – and I even felt like the minute load tonight was proportioned. Well, by Coach Silas. You know, Tucker yeah. played 27 minutes. Jay Shante played 23. Christian Wood, 26 minutes. John Wall. I mean, you win a game by 30 points, and John Wall is only playing 22 minutes, and Victor Oladipo is only playing 25 minutes. You didn't even have David Nawaba. It felt like the Rockets could have scored 170 points tonight if they really wanted to.
1: Yeah, they definitely took their foot off the gas at some point because the way they were shooting. It, it's not going to stop. Once a team gets hot, uh, we've seen it in Houston a lot over the past couple of seasons since they've consistently been one of the best three-point shooting teams, which I think we all kind of forgot about once James Harden got traded. But just when you're able to shoot that well and then you catch fire, it's there's nothing a team's going to be able to do to stop you.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing real quick, talking about Coach Silas, I mean, you can't under... Uh, what's, the, what's the phrase? You can't praise the guy enough for the job that he's done thus far this season. I think it's worth noting that the struggles that the Dallas Mavericks have had this season, uh, most notably being on a, a five-plus game losing streak, you got to think the absence of Steven Silas, who was a major part of their coaching staff last season, who led them to the most you know, prolific offense in, in the NBA's history, missing Steven Silas is hurting that team right now. And I don't think we can praise Coach Silas and his staff enough for the job that they've done thus far this season.
1: That's a great point because it's not like in Dallas the talent just went away. They still have Luca, They still have Corzingis. They still have all those guys for the most part that were there last year. But clearly they're missing something. And I think you got it spot on that it's Silas. And they look like the team that lost their star, not Houston. But Houston's doing great right now.
0: Yeah, and then Um, really quick, looking ahead to, uh, you know, the next game against the the Oklahoma City Thunder again uh, on Wednesday, what are you looking for most in the Rockets' ability to continue this win streak into Wednesday night playing this same Thunder team at Oklahoma City?
1: Just coming in and bringing that same energy that got you there, that got you the last win. It's easy to overlook teams, especially when you just thump them by – large amount I don't know the exact number but it was pretty ugly um just bringing that same energy and doing the same thing because you can't beat them bad and then let them get you the next night then it kind of just derails all your momentum but with how hot the Rockets have been with this winning streak that they're on I expect more of the same uh in this game
0: are you guaranteeing a win Wednesday night Mr. Lucas is that
1: that? did I just hear that from you I'm guaranteeing a 20-plus point win.
0: (laughs) Oh! Okay. All right. You know what? That's the perfect place to park the rocket ship is my co-host, my dear friend, Mr. Ray Lucas Jr., guaranteeing a 20-plus point uh, win on Wednesday. Um, Wow, that's awesome. I don't think that's ever been done
1: uh, on the Dream Tank, so congrats to you, sir. Thank you. I would just like to say that if Houston somehow loses by 20, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really don't think you're going to be invited back onto the show. I mean, if we lose by 20, to be honest with you, anytime in the near future, it'd be reasonable. It'd be reasonable. Uh, I kid. This has been the game recap show for tonight's game. Uh, your very happy s- score from tonight's game inside of the Chesapeake Bay Arena in Oklahoma City. The Houston Rockets won the. This game, 136 to 106, to move to 10 and 9 on the season. This has been The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Make sure to check out all of our amazing content on TheDreamShake.com. You can also check The Dream Shake out on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. You can also check out the official Twitter account of this fantastic podcast at The TheDreamTake. You can follow my co-pilot, Mr. Raymond Lucas Jr. at Raymond Lucas Jr. And you can follow me at BSW Podcast underscore MB. We will be back with you on Thursday morning after the Rockets hopefully win the game by 20-plus points as guaranteed by Mr. Raymond Lucas Jr. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from zero to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet, using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance. Pure design. Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.